vessel that you use today to, to spread the seed of your word into the hearts, the garden of the hearts of your children here and all of those who will hear this message by any other means at any other time. Thank you that your, your anointing uh, knows no bounds, time, and that it breaks every yoke. Thank you for your precious word today. Help me to touch the hearts of those who are hurting today, Lord. Help this all be revelation knowledge that they will apply to their lives and their hearts and draw closer to you in Jesus' name. Repeat after me. I'm going to grow closer to Jesus today. I'm going to grow in the grace and knowledge of him. He loves me as much as he loves anybody. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we just got past Thanksgiving, and now it's Christmas. So, Christmas right around the corner anyway, and I'm still being thankful. Amen? Amen. But with Christmas upon us, it, it just brings on a whole new, a whole new time of year. I, I love Christmas. Uh, more than, you know, the whole, uh, you know, starting November 1st is to the balance of the year is my favorite. I put it all together and, uh, and I love it. The sound, the sights, the people, the, the joy, the food, the music, all the wonderful things. And, you know, some of the stuff has changed. I noticed, you know, when we were kids, my wife and I grew up in Texas City, and they used to decorate the whole old downtown, the things that went across the street from pole to pole all the way down, and it was all lit up. And, and back then, thing, it was okay for things to be about Jesus, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So things have changed, but God knew it was going to be like this when you were born, and he chose you for such a time as this, to be in one of his soldiers here, amen, and one of his ambassadors, just for a flicker, you won't be here long, doesn't mean you're going to die, it just means we're all going to pass from this world to, the, to our home in heaven, and it's really just a, a flicker, and this is not a dress rehearsal, you know, yesterday really did end last night, and uh, We've got a lot to do in a short time to do it. Amen. Amen. I had a, a minister uh, say recently, he said, uh, do, do I believe the Lord is coming soon? He said, you better believe it. I believe it so much I stopped buying green bananas. <laughs> what makes Christmas special, the folks? Differs, I guess. Especially, though, Really, for true Christians, it's because of a single event, amen, which um, outshines them all, yeah? A Savior who came around 2,000 years ago to this world to deliver us from our sin and bring us into the family of God. Something we, as, uh, as people, uh, had thrown away. 
We were stuck on four, as I always say. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and creation, into which entered corruption, into that seed, amen. And we were stuck, hopeless and helpless. And then came grace, redemption. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I love the number five. <laughs> As we have entered into December, I would like to start speaking a little bit about the, the birth, the, the coming of our great King and Deliverer and Savior, Jesus Christ, our King. And uh, I told you Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be. And I printed it out so I, the words would be bigger. <laughs> and I wouldn't jump around too much. <laughs> and I did something interesting that I, I don't think I've ever done before, but I used the nearly inspired version today, the NIV. Uh, we say that jokingly. It reads really well. And it's the, when I really get, when I really get in a place of closeness and uh, intimacy with the Lord, I always go back to it because it's the one that uh, I can't bring to church anymore because it's, it's all falling apart, but it's the one that the Lord introduced himself to me, and I spent 16 hours in it, a day in it for three years, and, uh, and uh, it just... It's like a warm blanket to me, amen? And where the discrepancies are, I have repaired. I, I, know, I know where they are because the Lord will show you things like that. So that's why I tell people to read the, read the version that will translate into your heart. And God will fix all the little things later, amen? You don't have to learn the Elizabethan uh, the theatrical King James if you don't want to. Some people disagree. And religious folks will think you're going to hell if you don't read the King James. Well, I got news for you. There were, <laughs> it was over a thousand years the church went without the King James Version. But I do love it. I go back to it when I have a question about something else. To make sure I'm accurate. Right? A little tidbit here for all of you uh, in your efforts to become great uh, theologians. And uh, show how spiritually uh, accomplished and uh, enlightened and formed and intelligent you are. <laughs> Amen. This will help you a little bit. Amen. Most of the information um, about the birth of Jesus Christ is taken from Luke's account. So from the Gospel of Luke. And, and, and some Old Testament prophecies, of course. But the events covered in, in Luke chapter 1 and 2 are not covered by the other synoptic Gospels. Um, Matthew is the only Gospel writer, on the other hand, to cover God speaking to, to Joseph in a dream. He's the only writer to record the coming of the wise men, uh, Jesus going to Egypt, uh, Herod killing the infants, and Jesus return to Nazareth. That's all in Matthew, the first couple of chapters as well. But today we're going to be in Luke, and I want to talk to you about a couple of very special women, Elizabeth and Mary. Amen. 
So we'll start in the fifth verse of Luke chapter 1, and I'm just going to read this to you. And I might interject a few things here and there, you know. Otherwise, it's just going to be a Bible reading, unless I think of something else to say. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Oh, there's every, everything in the Bible is so important. It has such relevance. I just can't elaborate on everything, but I wish I could. Because that right there just makes me want to talk to you about something. But both of them, verse 6, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Does this mean that they were sinless? No. 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 Their, their faith had, God, God, God called it righteous. You know what I'm saying? Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But they were childless, verse 7, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Speaking of John the Baptist. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, remember I taught recently, hope deferred, hope that is put off, hope that is, is not timely when you're believing and wanting for, and, and, and just praying for things, you know, and you have created that beautiful target for your faith, and, and that's your hope, and, and, and it's put off. When it's deferred, it, it makes the heart sick, is what it says in Proverbs 13, 12. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So it's, 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 it's sometimes the, more, the, the longer you have to wait, the, 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 the sweeter it is when you get it, amen? So Zachariah and Elizabeth, they, they surely they had experienced some, some heart sickness, you know? Um, they had no child, and, and obviously he had prayed for it. It says, your prayer has been answered. But obviously, by what he says, he prayed for it some time back, and he maybe had stopped praying and believing for that. But God heard the prayer. I want you to remember that. When John was born, and especially with the miraculous circumstances and the knowledge that he would prepare the way of the Lord. That's, that's, that's talked about in Isaiah chapter 40, that, that that's something that was, going to have to, that, that was going to take place. I almost said it has to, because I'll show you what I'm talking about. But their joy made it all worthwhile. All the time they waited, you see? 
And so I'd encourage you to take things like that and apply them in your own lives when you're believing and waiting for something. You know, take the lessons and the, the blessings and the, the things these others went through and just say, hey, I'm not ever going to give up on believing because God is faithful. Amen? Amen? And he made it even better than they could have possibly ever imagined. Can't you imagine? So never stop believing, folks. God is faithful. Verse 15, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. First time this had ever happened. And, you know, that, that goes against, flies in the face of all the, uh, those who uh, don't stand up for the life of uh, the child in the womb, huh? Okay. Verse 16, He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn their hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So this is another fulfillment of a prophecy from Malachi that that book right before Matthew with the blank page between it dividing the two covenants which I always tell you how much that blank page means. What that blank page means is 400 years that God had not spoken to his people. You see? 400 years. But in Matthew Chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers. See, this is him. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Oh, you got to see the gravity of this, folks. So, I, I'm convinced that this is, John the Baptist, of course, it, 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 Jesus said that he has come and he will come, you see. But what, this is the spirit of the prophet. This is the spirit of the prophet Elijah. This was John the Baptist, of course, in person. But this was the, the spirit of the prophet that, and, and there's a spiritual truth in there. You see what I'm saying? That you can only discern by the spirit of God. Because he's clearly referred to uh, as this child being the Elijah that was spoken of. So it's amazing that people had to be prepared, though, for the Lord to come. You know, I mean, if anyone could have stood on his own, it would have been Jesus. He's God. But everything had to be done according to prophecy. God had laid out the word necessary and everything and it had taken him thousands of years to prepare for what he has done for us. It's all about the word. God is a God of his word. He was God in the flesh, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. But Malachi 4.6 says that if the way wasn't prepared, being John the Baptist, coming to announce and prepare the way, the Lord would possibly 
come and smite the earth with a curse. You see that? He could have done whatever he wanted. He didn't have to do this for us. <laughs> this is huge. Things could have been totally different. So John's ministry was critical to God's plan. Verse 18, Zechariah, here comes an oops. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Whoa. I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. In Daniel, a couple of times, in chapters 8 and 9, the only two times in the Old Testament that Gabriel, Gabriel is referred to by name, and then in the New Testament, Gabriel is referred to by name twice as well, both in, 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 in the Gospel of Luke. But Gabriel is the only angel to appear to men and reveal his name in the Bible. The only other angel that's ever mentioned by name in Scripture is Michael. And he is referred to as one of the chief princes, as, as uh, the great prince. He's an archangel. Daniel talks about, I would just say it like this. I, I really believe that when it comes to Michael, he's, uh, he, was, he is probably Jesus' top general in his army. He's a bad boy. <laughs> when Gabriel was going to answer, to speak to Daniel, when he was praying, he ran into trouble in the heavenlies. Michael came and, and kicked some butt. Got him, got him out of that. <laughs> Verse 20. And now you'll be silent, he tells him. Gabriel says, you know, I came to... Your, her, your prayer was heard. You're going to have a baby. He's going to be this. You know, if he would have been thinking about Scripture, he would have been realizing, oh, all this, all this prophecy is being answered in, in, in what is going to be my child. And here the angel of the Lord is standing here telling me. But he didn't. Instead, he was negative. He answered in unbelief. And here's what happened. He says, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. See, God, had, God has his times. And we're not to know all the times. We don't have to know everything. You don't want to know everything on God's plate. Hallelujah. 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 Sheep were not meant to carry packs on their back. That's why we are to cast our cares on the Lord and not pick them back up again. When you're feeling weighed down, it's because you didn't cast your cares on the Lord. If you did, you picked them right back up. It's that simple, folks. It's not easy, but it's simple to understand, and it's true. It's a spiritual truth. Verse 21, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. 
When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. And, and uh, <laughs> it was in the natural way, not the way Jesus was. Okay, so. <laughs> and for five months, so he wasn't that old. <laughs> for five months, he remained in uh, uh, seclusion. <laughs> uh, she did. Elizabeth became pregnant. In five months, she, she remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And listen, this is one of the scriptures that I stand on in my life. Those who trust in the Lord will not be made ashamed. I have it underlined everywhere in my Bible that it appears that I have found it. And uh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, it's something that I've had to stand on in times when... Uh, when I was preaching to just uh, that first Sunday sermon that I preached and was so happy to get the opportunity and it was just my wife and me, her standing behind the camera and everyone else had been called away to a conference at another church. And I didn't know it. But I stand on this scripture that if you trust in the Lord, you will not be made ashamed. And that's a good place to be. So... Now, let's, 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 let's move on a little bit. Verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, again, to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That's King David. The virgin's name was Mary, of course. If God prepared the way for Jesus, and, and he did, I, I believe that he also prepared the way for Mary to, to receive this. God is good. You know, he, he's not just here to sucker punch you, you know, and blindside you. He, he probably had been speaking to Mary in, in, in certain ways, you know, special ways that only she, she understood. So when she received this word, I have a feeling that she wasn't altogether... I mean, she was a little girl, you know what I mean? They married a lot younger back then and so forth and so on. But that's just, that's just me. But it was because it was quite unbelievable um, what he had to tell her, right? <laughs> Without the, the supernatural help of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that 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 the Holy Spirit had been dealing with her in some ways. And uh, we'll find out. You'll be able to ask her someday. Amen? But this is a big deal, folks. A huge deal for believers, as a matter of fact. Because the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ is a foundational, a fundamental truth on which the whole claim of the deity of our Lord Jesus hinges, you see? Medical science has discovered that a child inherits his or her blood from the father. And Leviticus uh, chapter 17 sa says that the life of all flesh is in the blood. Now this is important. So if Joseph had been Jesus' father, Jesus would have had a sinful, mortal life and nature in him and it would have been corrupted because every seed passed down since Adam has been corrupted with that sin nature 
But since God was his father, physically and spiritually, Jesus had the eternal life of God flowing through his veins. Hallelujah. Mary simply, and listen, I'm going to kill a sacred cow or two here today. It's because I love you and God loves you. And you'll understand when I'm done, okay? So don't be, just keep your heart and minds open. Mary simply supplied the body for deity to inhabit. Amen? Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 says so, doesn't it? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Verse 28, the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are highly favored. This English phrase that we use, highly favored, is translated from the Greek word karatu. The Greek word is only used two times in, in Scripture. Right here when he's talking to Mary and once when he's talking to you in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1 6 says, Wherein we have, he hath made us, I'll go to the King James on this because I want you to believe it. Wherein he hath made us accepted. Now that same word accepted there is karatu, highly favored. You understand? And he's talking to you this time, believers. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So we are beloved and highly favored. Just as much or more than Mary. It's not a comparison study. But I'm trying to get you to see your value in God. And to do away with some bad religion. Once Jesus told a woman who was praising Mary, if you'll remember in Scripture, for being his mother, that, that those who keep God's word were more blessed than Mary. Do you remember that? It's in Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it or do it. So we thank God for Mary, no doubt. Nothing against Mary. I can't wait to meet her. You know, she was blessed for sure. Amen. And as a mother, she endured tremendous hardship. She lost her husband at an early age because he's not mentioned. She lost her son, who was the Messiah. Watch him hang on a cross and die a terrible death. And then you realized who her unbelieving other sons became believers and big parts of the early church, and they suffered martyrs' deaths as well. Jude and James. You hear me? This woman is great. And I can't wait to meet her. But think of the joy she has now. Amen? Again, we just want to know the truth 
of God's word, right? So don't be offended, but I'm going to tell you plainly in case you haven't understood my point. It's idolatry to elevate Mary to a place above other human beings. Because she gave birth to the Messiah, that's a wonderful thing. But she rejoiced in God her Savior in Luke 1.47. If she had to have a Savior, and she did, then she wasn't sinless. She was highly favored, but so is every believer in Jesus. That's you, folks. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words. <laughs> Here we go again. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. <laughs> but, I mean, look, it's, 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 it's natural, I guess, to be troubled when we find ourselves in the presence of a messenger of God. I have never, I, I know people that have seen angels. I, I haven't. I've seen Jesus a couple of times, but and just as real as he was with us here today, but only in dreams. But I've never been, an angel hasn't come and spoken to me yet, although I'm certain that they, I've got a couple of big bookends here with me today. Amen. Amen. I don't have to see them to know. But I'm sure it can be a little off-put, I mean, you know, a little concerning <laughs> when you see it. I don't know how I would react. I hope I would be overjoyed. I know I would be after the fact. But you got to remember, these were people raised under the law. Huh? You know, it points out in Romans chapter 1 that everybody knows that we have, you know, on a conscience level, that we have broken God's laws and that we're unworthy by comparison and to, to God's standards. You know what I mean? So, but, but think about what the angel said to, to, to Mary. What was troubling about the greeting that he gave her? Gabriel said she was highly favored, blessed, and the, the Lord was with her. You know what, it, it's, like, it's like we're used to, it's, we're, we're more used to hearing negative things than good things. And if someone starts out with a good thing like that, we're like, uh-oh, we say, here it comes. You know, now the brick to the face. You know, you know I really have, you have, you've got a great job and I think you're going to do great, so, but you're just not a good fit here. We're going to have to let you go, you know. You see what I'm saying? And we become more accustomed to that. And I, so, it was, so we can't be too hard on this little teenage girl who all she had ever heard is do good, get good, do bad, get beat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how we identify, we identify with unworthiness but we can't relate to acceptance and, and, and joy and favor of the Lord. It shouldn't be that way, folks. Not for those of us who know Jesus. Not now. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, <laughs> Mary, 
you have found favor with God. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Since the Lord has promised He's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us, we should never fear. We should always fear not. Amen. Verse 31, he tells her, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Remember that. <laughs> Can you remember that part? Because I want to tell you, it's something very cool that God did for Mary and Joseph as a team, as a couple. They were both given the name Jesus at different times in different ways, independently of each other by the Lord. Joseph, it came in a dream. But do you see how that could be very helpful in a time like this? <laughs> to know that you're hearing from God. <laughs> I, bet, I bet when Joseph told Mary that he heard the Lord that came to him and they said, be called Jesus, I bet she was like, man. It's a little hard to explain this one, you know. <laughs> so that was a huge confirmation for them and what a blessing God is so good he's just he's faithful you know it's in the little things and it came at a time when it was really needed I'm sure verse 32 he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end Amen. Verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked the angel. Now this isn't like, this isn't like what Zechariah did. This wasn't unbelief. She was a virgin. She was a little girl. She was engaged, but you know, wasn't married yet. So, so it's fair question. It's okay to ask God sincere and fair questions. Unbelief is not okay. It's counterproductive. Because anything that's not of faith is sin. So she was prepared for faith, but she needed a little more. You see what I'm saying? So she was just asking a fair question, and I think it would have been weird if she didn't ask. <laughs> so not the same, right? How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the, most, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Verse 37, and verse 38, I want you to underline, circle these, put them on your refrigerator. Verse 37 says, For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The King James, verse 37 and 38 says this, For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, according to thy word. I'm in agreement. Let it be whatever you say. Your will be done, Lord God. 
here I am. That was good enough for Gabriel, and he, he was out of there. Went back to the father, she agreed. It was necessary that she agreed. You see how fragile? Oh, to understand the magnitude of this wonderful, this was the greatest military and spiritual achievement ever accomplished in the history of the world. They just tricked the socks off of Jesus, I mean off of the devil. And God, it took God all the time, all the way from the garden where we gave up our authority and rights and provision and protection, all the way from that time until this, to get everything set into place. We need the revelation of the truths and power of these two scriptures, verse 37 and 38. If you had nothing else, if you ask God for revelation, knowledge of those two scriptures, you'd be more powerful than you've ever been, stronger than horseradish, amen? Another translation says in ver from verse 37, for no word of God shall be void of power. All things are possible to those who believe. You know, as soon as we receive the word of God, we don't need the word of angels. You get that? Yes. It wasn't necessary that an angel deliver this. Well, I'm not going to say that because that's how God did it, so maybe it was. I don't know. But now I'm telling you, however you receive the word, you don't need an angel to give it to you. Does that make sense? God's word is the more sure word of prophecy, 2 Peter 1, verse 19 20. Jesus is the word of God. How's that? John 1.14 says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 1 Peter 1.23 calls God's Word an incorruptible seed. Remember why I tell you when we're talking about the offering, and I'm always talking about how Jesus talked about seed, time, and harvest, everything. He said, if you don't understand about seed and sowing and reaping, you won't understand anything about the kingdom of God. The Word of God is in seed form. And that word for seed from 1 Peter 1.23 is the Greek word spora, which is where we get the male seed. You see what I'm saying? So right when Mary humbled herself and received the Word of God, she received Jesus into her womb. Oh, Lord, help him. Help them to see, Lord. And that's how she conceived. God's word became the seed that impregnated her instead of the seed of a man. God originally created mankind by speaking them into existence. Genesis 1.26. Jesus' physical body was created the same way. 
But after the fall of man, God no longer had direct access to the affairs of people because we had given that authority away. That, that relationship was broken. You see what I mean? We had entered into covenant with Satan. And God is a God of his word. He's a God of integrity. Satan had tricked us. Oh, Lord. God had to find people over all of these centuries who had physical bodies, because without a physical body in this plane, you see, that's why the pigs, when there was a legion of them and a man, oh, don't don't cast us out. Let us go into those pigs. Even a pig with a physical body has more authority than a demon does without some vessel that is earthbound, see? And the human is the, the highest form of that. That's why they want us. But he had to find people with physical bodies who would hear his voice in their hearts, believe him, and then speak his word through their mouths in belief. Not one person by himself was capable of all the revelation that, that, that God had about the coming of his son. It had to be handed down over centuries and different prophets and prophecies spoken. So it took thousands of years for God to speak everything that was needed to be spoken to create the physical body that Jesus was going to inhabit. I might be getting off into the weeds. Are you with me? Cool, cool. (laughs) But when the fullness of time had come, you see what I'm saying? Finally, he's got everything, all his ducks in a row, you know, <laughs> to speak. When the fullness of time had come, it says in Galatians 4.4, God sent the angel to Mary to announce that she was the one chosen by God to provide the physical body for Jesus. How awesome is that? And listen, it's similar with us, folks, and I'm finishing here. It's similar with us. That's the whole point of this. I didn't come here to bash Mary today. We love Mary. I can't wait to meet her. She did awesome things. I mean, all good about Mary. But she's not someone to be worshipped or elevated above any others. Just like like those over there in Rome, they, they they don't assign who saints are. You're saints. Every believer is a saint. It's similar with us as it was with Mary. We received salvation the same way she received Jesus into her womb. God has promises in his word. How many? About about 8,000. Until somebody counts them and corrects us, we're going to stick to that number. About 8,000 promises in his word. One for every need, any need that you'll ever have in this life. He's given us all things pertaining to life, this life, and godliness. Already been granted, given to us, on account. 
And then when we mix our faith with a promise from God's word, then that word becomes a seed in our spiritual wombs, the garden of our heart. Amen? And we conceive our answer. After a period of time, receive time and harvest. After a period of time, we actually see the physical manifestation of what we believe for. If we, if we don't stop believing. When we see it, is it actually when we received it? Isn't that what Mark eleven twenty four, the scripture that Kenneth Hagin wrote, is all about? Jesus said, believe you have what you pray for when you pray and you shall have it. So we receive when we pray and then we have it. Listen, I'm just going to end here today because it's just going to keep getting better and better. <laughs> Got to keep you hanging, hanging on a Hanging on the last words. Amen. Amen. Isn't this good stuff though? Yes. See, we exchange gifts. We, we make cookies and any of that stuff y'all want to drop off at your pastor's house. Fine. <laughs> hey, if I can help, I'll be glad. We send cards and we reach out to those less fortunate or lonely. Don't forget to do that. All the blessings God has bestowed upon you, they're not just for you. They're for his glory to start with and then to be a blessing to others. Also to provide for you because he loves you. Amen? Amen. Give to your church. You can't afford not to tithe. Trust me in this. I tell this to people who are out of work. I tell this to people who are on unemployment or who are on whatever. People that are hurting and I know it. Why? Because I want their $5? No. We need a church. We need a building. We need land. I don't believe that that's coming from you guys. I want you to tithe and offer because I want you blessed financially. I believe there's somebody watching by some other means on our YouTube channel or on one of the podcasts or hearing me. They could be in another country. They could be right here locally. They have land and they have money and they know that God is speaking to them and they, God will send a person when he wants to bless you. He doesn't have money in heaven. We will have what we need to do God's will and his work whenever. I'm cool. I'm glad. I'm, we're blessed to be here in the VFW listening to an army party for Christmas next door. That's okay. That's okay for today, but there's a lot more we need to do, and we need other places and buildings and rooms and all that. So God's going to give us the things we need to do His will and His way and His time. But keep believing for that. Amen? And just be thankful 
Don't let the enemy get you down this time of the year. It's his, one of his oldest tricks. He's a liar and a deceiver. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he will replace that garment of heaviness with a, uh, with a, that spirit of heaviness with a garment of praise. If you'll lift those holy hands and just begin to shout hallelujah and thank you, Lord, he will do it. We do these things for a single reason. Because of a marvelous event that happened almost 2,000 years ago. Of course, culminating in the resurrection on Easter. But it, if he hadn't come, there couldn't have been a resurrection. So It's all about God's promise. Every religion in the world except Christianity, they're out there trying to earn their salvation. That's why people do the stupid things they do. Religion will make you crazy. They're trying to earn the acceptance of God and depending on what source they're listening to, they've been told different things and different crazy ideas and how to do that. You can't be good enough for God. You need a Savior who is. His name is Jesus Christ. And I thank God that all of us know Him and have Him. Any of you that don't, it's easy enough. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Jesus says, Lord, you will be saved. I love you all today. Have you been blessed today? Do you know He loves you? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for this blessed day. We thank you for all of the special children of yours that you have sent here to be a part of this church family and all of those who consider themselves part of our church family, hearing it in other places at other times and other means. We love you all. We're praying for you all. We just thank you, Lord, that you will guard the hearts and minds of all those who hear this word today and help us to walk in the joy of the Lord without fear, knowing that you are for us and not against us. You will never leave us or forsake us, and you have wonderful things in store for us. Help us go and share you with others this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.